Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. we just thank you for the start of a new thing thank you father for this family that has gathered here thank you for the community that will be built here heavenly father thank you father for the children that will be born uh, the marriages that will take place Uh, thank you father for the healings that will take place the deliverance that will take place Thank you for the discipleship that will take place here in this place. Thank you, Father, for for just the opportunity for us to do life together in Christ, Father. And Lord, so we ask that you bless everything that is done at the Greenwich Hub. Let it grow into a vibrant community of believers who stand with each other, support each other, and love each other, Heavenly Father. Father, the first, O God, we believe of many to come. Let it be a good big brother, big sister. Let it be an example for all the other hubs that will come, O God, in Jesus' name. And for those who have gathered here on the first day, Father, let that first blessing be theirs, Heavenly Father. Um, And thank you for all the support from the base, from Jesus House Francophony, from outside, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Amongst, just, if, just in case I forget towards the end, and I didn't want to, amongst all the people who have gathered here um, is uh, someone who has become a good friend and, and, and increasingly, I believe God, part of our family. Um, he's, he's, I, I was in Doha two weeks ago at his Global Think Tank. Uh, he flew into London. He's here with us, Pastor Nia Desanyakon. Just appreciate me for coming to stand with us and support us. Hallelujah. And so, Father, please bless your word. Let it speak to us on the first day of this journey. Not just to us here, but let it speak to uh, those who are online and those who are at the base, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I mean, today is Palm Sunday, um, um, a very significant day in the Christian calendar. It's significant because it kicks off what we call Passion Week. It kicks off uh, the start of the week that ends with the crucifixion on Friday and thankfully the resurrection on Sunday. Uh, on Palm Sunday, it's called Palm Sunday because on that day, uh, Jesus rode into Jerusalem uh, on a donkey. Uh, and the crowds that gathered uh, on the route uh, uh, took palm fronds from the trees and, and laid it in the path of the donkey and, and, and praised Jesus, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the King of Kings, they sang. Um, it's significant for us as Christians because not just the, the fact that it leads up to Good Friday and Easter Sunday, but also because it sends a clear message to us about the love of God. What manner of love is this, that a man should lay down his life for a friend? Uh, He sits on that donkey. He's focused on getting into Jerusalem. He's not unaware of what awaits him in Jerusalem. He knew 
that he was going to his death, a gruesome death. Uh, he knew that he was going to be crucified. He knew that he was going to be mocked and humiliated. He knew that his back was going to be lacerated with the Roman whip. He knew all these things. But he set his face like flint to go to Jerusalem and to what awaited him in Jerusalem because he was driven by a love for you and I. Uh, he knew that if he didn't pay the price, there would be no reconciliation with his father, with our father. He knew that if he didn't pay the price, then we could consign ourselves to an eternity of separation from God. And so despite the pain that awaited him and all the shame that awaited him, he was focused on his goal, driven by his love for you and I. But that wasn't, that isn't really where I wanted to go today uh, in the few minutes that I have to share this word with you. And as a backdrop, I wanted to read the relevant scripture to you. It's taken from Matthew's gospel, uh, the 21st chapter, um, verses 1 to 5. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two, two of his disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Lose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says to you, and if any, anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. Amen. And so that's how it started. Um, he said to them, Go to the village. Um, in the village, you will find a donkey and a colt. And that's the donkey and the colt that he rode into Jerusalem. And as to be expected, the donkey would be tied up. Um, and he said to them, you don't have to ask anybody for anything. Untie the donkey or lose the donkey. And if anyone says anything to you, uh, asks you, why are you untying that donkey? Say to them, the Lord has need of it. And he felt that that would be enough. Once you tell them, the Lord has need of it, then uh, it's over. They will let you go with the donkey. Now, it's interesting. Um, I'm sure you, 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 you're thinking how I, how I thought. Uh, you go to untie a donkey. It's not your donkey in the natural sense. Um, the owners of the donkey or people who know the owners are entitled to ask, well, what are you doing? I mean, where are you taking that donkey? In a natural world, it would be theft of some sort. But Jesus said, don't worry, when they ask, just tell them, the Lord has need of it. I think he was, uh, in the symbolic way that Jesus got messages across to us, he was sending a message to us about the ownership of everything. It's not owned by the owners, it's owned by me. I gave it to the owners, now I have need of it. And there are a couple of things I just wanted to share with us that I think are pertinent at any time, but even more so on a day like this. And the first thing I wanted to, to share was that concept of ownership, that he owns it all. The silver and the gold are his. There's nothing on earth that is not his. The Bible says it was all created for him and for his pleasure. Our Lord owns it all. Um, if we have anything, we have it as custodians for him. 
And that's why we will account for it. Um, Shola and I were in a, in a taxi in, in Manchester, and um, one of the adverts in the taxi was talking about how uh, the world has now come to finally understand that we have responsibility for the earth. And Shola and I were laughing and saying, no, you might have just come to that understanding. We came to that understanding a long time ago. Because when we read our Bible in Genesis, the first chapter, we understand that God owned it, but God gave us responsibility for it. So he owns it all. It's a warming concept for the heart of, of a Christian that your father owns it all. Yeah? It shouldn't make you proud or arrogant, but should certainly make you secure and confident in who you are, that your father owns it all. Go on, can you say that next for the person next to you for me, whether you're here at the base? Go on, go on say it like you're, you're the preacher. Your father owns it all. And then it also, um, um, you glean from this scripture, the fact that for a lot of things, they are tied down. They are held down. They are held back. And, 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 and Jesus' instruction was very simple to them, untie it. And I felt as I thought into today that part of God's blessing for us as we start a new journey here at Greenwich, and for those who are at the base as they support this new journey, is the fact that God will be doing a lot of untying and a lot of losing of things. Uh, because some people need to be untied from things that are hindering them, holding them down, and holding them back. Someone needs to be untied completely from fear. The fear of failure, the fear of the dark. The, Shola and I sat next to a gentleman um, who has had such a fear of, of flying. And, you know, our hearts went out to him. We reached out to him. We eventually prayed with him before we took off because he was literally trembling and he told us that he had been on causes uh, to help him overcome the fear and that this was the practical uh, work of his cause. This was the first time he was flying on his own and he sat next to us. He said nice things to us after. He was so grateful. He sat next to you know, we cared, people who cared because we loved on him. We, you know, we told him it would be okay, talked to him, um, and then we prayed for him. Um, we prayed together, asked him if it was okay for us to pray. And he was, I mean, in that kind of situation, you don't care. <laughs> you just, please pray, lay hands, pour oil on me, whatever. Just help me, you know. And of course, he agreed to pray, 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 to pray with us. So I just decree over your life that if there's anything that is holding you back, anything that has tied you down, anything that is a restraint, anything that is a constraint, that is stopping you from entering the fullness of what God has planned for you, your destiny. Like that donkey in the name of Jesus, may you be loosed and untied in Jesus' name. Because there are ropes, unfortunately, that hold us back. There are, there are ropes that are from our past, that experiences we have been through. There are challenges that we have faced, trials that have scarred us. Life, life circumstances. Sometimes it's our upbringing, things we went through in our upbringing that, that, that has scarred us and that has become some sort of hindrance. Sometimes it's just the fear of failure. And do you know what? Sometimes it's success. You've done it well 
and you're so afraid of moving on because of how well you have done it. Well, may nothing hold you back anymore in the name of Jesus. And sometimes it, it, that, what, what you need to untie is that, that, that thought in your mind that I don't have anything to give. You know, that just, that, you know, what can I offer? How can I make a difference? I haven't even sorted myself out. You know, how can it, how can my, my input matter? I want you to deliver yourself in Christ of that. Every single one of us has something to offer as a child of God. We were not born to find what to do. We were born because heaven has something for us to do. If a donkey could have a destiny... How many know that you and I surely have a destiny? Uh, the donkey, the donkey had a destiny. A donkey had a destiny. The destiny of the donkey was to be ridden by our Lord and Savior into Jerusalem. Surely a child of God must have a destiny. You know, uh, the, uh, God says to the prophet um, Jeremiah uh, in, in, in the first chapter and the fifth verse, he says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. He says, I ordained you um, and to be a prophet. Uh, what does that tell me? It tells me that my life didn't start as a sperm and an egg. Uh, that might have been stage two or stage three. My life started in God. I was in God, part of God. And then God got my parents together so that I could come into this world, not to wander around aimlessly but to do what he has purposed that i should do every single one of us has a destiny from god amen and every single one has something to give and sometimes it's 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 you know the enemy is sly um in two corinthians the the second chapter and the 11th verse uh, the bible w warns us to be aware of his schemes or his devices. You know, he knows that we are destined to be used by God. Everyone who is here has a destiny in God, believe me. He knows that. And so he works hard to sidetrack us, to prevent us from fulfilling that destiny. He ties us down with things like busyness. You know, we have good intentions, but we are just so busy. You know, and I think it was an Indian pastor who coined the acronym for the word busy, um, B-U-S-Y. And after he did that, I have tried my best not to get trapped in busyness. I haven't been successful, but it's a continuous effort. And you know the acronym he coined for busy? Um, buried, B, buried, U under S, Satan, Y, yoke. Buried under Satan's yoke. So every time I get busy, I say, no, 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 this cannot be the Lord. It has to be the enemy. And you know one of the reasons I say that is because I look at the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, he achieved so much, but yet he was never busy. He just got on with the work. I mean, I use that in ways I shouldn't. So, you know, we, um, I'm not brilliant with catching flights. Um, we, the day before yesterday, I, we missed the flight again. Uh, thanks to me, not my wife. My wife is very organized, but um, I'm in need of prayers to, with regards to, to that. So, but 
And when we, when we get there and we're late, um, I don't run. I just don't. I walk, la- you know, I walk languidly. You know, I just take my time. Maybe because I'm so tall. You just, you know, you just got to... Uh, and my wife is like, I go, hurry up, hurry up. We're going to miss the flight. So I told her, I've never seen the Bible where Jesus hurried. I'm like, Jesus, just taking my time. <laughs> I guess she thought in her mind, Jesus didn't miss all the boats that were waiting for him. If he had missed the boat, then he wouldn't have crossed the lake. Then they wouldn't have been able to tell Peter to walk on water. I go, hurry up. <laughs> but, but, but business is something that we need to be delivered from. I pray that you will be delivered from business. Can someone say amen to that? And sometimes it's just even being delivered from the I'm waiting syndrome. I'm waiting for it. When this happens, when that happens, then I can do what, what I should do for the Lord. Uh, some of us just need to get on with it. It happens, a lot of times it happens as we're doing, you know, as we get on with it. You know, the story of Jesus turning water into wine comes to mind, you know. Um, um, when they ran out of water, Jesus said to the, 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 the servants, the, the hosts, whatever he says, do. Yeah? Can, can I say that to you? Whatever he says, do. Go on, can you say that to yourself? Whatever he says, I will do. Yeah? Yeah, go on, say it to the person next to you. Whatever he says, do. Yeah? Sometimes what he says doesn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense to go and draw water from the pot where they wash their hands, uh, where the water for them to wash their hands is. But then what struck me in that story was that the water in the pot, in the pot didn't turn to wine in the pot. But as they went about doing, as they drew the water and walked towards the master of ceremony, the miracle happened uh, in that process. So I want to say to someone specifically, get on with it. Believe me, in the process, as you are doing, as you're getting on with it, as you're giving yourself to him, I believe that you will testify that the miracle happened. Amen? And it's, it's, no, it's, no, it's, no, it's nothing new, this strategy of the enemy to distract. It's nothing new. So the Bible says, let's be... Let's not be unaware of his devices, of his schemes, of his wiles. Uh, this is an age-old strategy of his. You have good intentions, but then he sidetracks you. The children of Israel wanted to go and worship God. What was Pharaoh's response? Uh, you must be idle. That's why you're thinking about worshiping God. So let's give them more work. Make the same amount of bricks, but don't give them the straw. Uh, distract them by the work, by the labor, so that they don't talk about worshiping God. I really pray that labor will never distract us from giving to God. Uh, and as I come towards the end, it's, those, it's that phrase that I want to end with. The Lord has need of them. The truth is that that phrase is as relevant then concerning the donkeys as it is now concerning you and I. The Lord has need of us. The work of the kingdom of God is not going to be done without people. The work moves as fast 
as people are committing to the work. And if there's a message I wanted to leave us with here at the hub and in the base, is that message that the Lord has need of you. There are so many things that need to be done. Those things won't be done except people step forward because they hear the call of God. The Lord has need of you. The prophet Isaiah says, the call from God to him was, who will go for us? Uh, that same call, I hear it today in Greenwich. I hear it in the bays. I hear it to those of you looking on, watching online, part of our online congregation, online family. I hear the Lord asking, who will go for us? I hear the Lord saying that I have need of you. And you know, it's pertinent at the start of a thing. Now, a lot of the work that has been done to set this up has been done by people who've volunteered a few weeks, two or three months maybe at the most, to help set it up. So who's going to continue the work? It has to be some of you who have come today. The Lord has need of you. I talked about prayer. The Lord has need of intercessors. Those who will selflessly stand in the gap for others. Uh, who will give of their time to pray for a, a, a mother that has a challenged child, a, a, a husband who's facing some sort of affliction in the body, a young girl who's dealing with mental health challenges, or will pray for their brothers and sisters who are in faraway northern Nigeria or Somalia or North Korea who are being persecuted by, uh, for their faith. Uh, someone who will pray for women and, and the challenges that women face. And sometimes in those prayer groups, we'll have particular prayer points for particular people because we've said, send in your personal prayer points. You don't have to put your names there. Just put an initial so that we can pray for you. But who's going to do the praying? The Lord has need of you. You know who's going to usher in this place? We've brought in ushers from the base, but they're going back to the base. So who's going to usher in this place? The Lord has need of you. Who's never handled anything technical, but is saying, you know what, I've kind of fancied myself behind some of those gadgets. And if they can teach me, then I'll do it. The Lord has need of you. You know who's going to finance it? All the financing has come from the base. Um, thankfully, we started getting some people who have said, you know what, I can support financially. I will support financially. All the food, uh, the popcorn and the drinks that we're going to have after have been paid for by a couple who have sowed that as a first seed. Now, the Lord has need of you. That's why maybe we have a bit more disposable income because we can then use it to serve the Lord. The Lord has need of you. The list is endless as to how we can step forward to be counted um, and both here at, at, in the Greenwich, Greenwich Hub and at the base because the Lord has need of us. The work of the Lord can only go as far as there are people who are selflessly committed to it. That's why Jesus encouraged us to pray not for the harvest of souls. He says that, 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 that the harvest is ripe. There are many who want to come to the Greenwich Hub.
But then somebody has to tell them. Somebody has to get on social media and tell their friends, hey, something new is in the neighborhood. Jesus' house is in the neighborhood. You live down the road. Somebody has to say to a friend, I'll come and pick you and take you there. And you can join a thriving, growing community of Christians. Lean on people. Learn from people. Love each other together as we face life's issues. But somebody has to do the telling. Uh, the Lord has need of you. The list is endless as to things that can be done to advance the kingdom of God in a local church like this, uh, but also outside the local church. Uh, the Lord has need of us. And I pray that as we reflect on that, as we think of, of that donkey that had a destiny, we also think of ourselves. Uh, it, it is not the... the the model of the New Testament church, to have people who just come in to be blessed and leave. It is not the model. The model of the New Testament church is that we are all serving together. That's why all of us are called ministers of the gospel. I do a lot of my ministry from behind a pulpit. Imagine that there's one here. Um, um, but, but, but you might do yours in some other way. Um, these guys who have said up all the technical stuff, that's how they serve the Lord, uh, in addition to whatever else they're doing. Um, I just wanted to end by saying, even for those who have served, maybe there are new levels of service. Maybe there's a whole new season of service. Maybe there's, uh, uh, there are higher rungs of the ladder of service. Um, I just want us to, to hear the cry of the Lord in our hearts. Uh, the Lord has need of us. He said to the prophet, who will go for us? Who will we send? The prophet's response was, here, here I am, send me. You know, um, I remember that song that says, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. How many remember that song? Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Now, I'm sure you know the way I'm singing. We obviously need people to sing as well. <laughs> but it's okay. Um, God has a mixer in heaven, and, and, and it might sound dodgy to you. But trust me, by the time it gets into the throne room in heaven, it's gone through a mixer, and it sounds better than Lucifer sounded. And Lucifer had instruments wired into him. Go on, will we sing that song one more time as we end? And let's, let, let it be a prayer as well. Let it be a prayer to God. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, and speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Can we bow our heads and, and for a moment of reflection? Let the word of God speak to our hearts. Let's hear God's voice.
And maybe it's a time for us to speak back to him, to make a commitment. Lord, if you're looking for someone, I, I volunteer myself. Truly, if you can use anyone, I have my issues. I'm still trying to sort out this and that. But Lord, if you can use anyone, then Lord, please use me. If you could use a donkey, Lord, then use me. Direct me as to how you use me. Use the resources that you have blessed me with. The skills that you have given me. The strength that you have given me. Use it, Heavenly Father. Father, we just thank you. And with all heads bowed here at the hub and in the base, if anyone would like to start a relationship with Jesus, not talking about the attendance of a church, but a, a real dynamic growing relationship with Jesus. With all heads bowed, if you would just slip your hands up if you are here at the hub. And if you do the same, if you are at the base, anybody saying, please pray for me. I want to commit my life to Christ, start a relationship with Jesus. Just when I see the hand, you can put it down. It's just so I know I'm praying for someone. Anyone saying, please pray for me. Father, we just thank you. Anyone at the base saying, please pray for me. Father, for those who have indicated that they would like to start a relationship with you, we commit them into your, into your care, O oh God. As they open up their hearts and invite you in, Lord Jesus, we thank you for taking residence in their lives. We thank you for today they join your family as they confess that you are Lord and Savior. And wherever you are, if you would just make that confession that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And that you welcome him into your heart. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. Would you make a commitment to follow him and turn away from anything that is displeasing to him? Lord, we bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Go on. Can we celebrate God? Go on. Hallelujah. 